Good morning and welcome to Reveal and Heal Podcast. I'm so glad that you are tuning in. I want you to share. Make sure that you let everyone know that Reveal and Heal Podcast Live is on. My name is Coach Deb. Now remember this. If you don't reveal what you, then you can't be healed. Let me repeat that again. If you don't reveal, then you won't heal. You have to heal. And the only way you heal is by revealing. That is so very important. Uh, we have a guest today, Larry Cochran. He's going to share an amazing story. And this story, of course, is going to be a story of transparency. I'm hoping that you will get something from this that will help you to move on to the next level. This is new week, new goals. So I want you to be mindful that it's very important that you forget about yesterday and to focus on today. Please follow us on all social media, Facebook and Instagram at Relationship Lounge 19. Welcome, sir. How are you this morning? Well, you know, I'm blessing the Lord. How the favor, excited about Jesus, excited about the word of God. My cup is running over and I still want some more. How about you? Y'all, if anybody know Larry Cothran, that shouldn't have surprised you that he came out of the gate like he did. Oh my God, yeah, he's a yeah, number, he's a many things, which is also a comedian. Which reminds me, let me tell the people a little bit about you for them that don't know you. Okay. Larry Cothran is an author, speaker, entrepreneur, and evangelist. He's an energetic person, full of life and zeal. He's a man that wants to see all succeed. And he uses his positivity to help push people into their destiny. Larry has managed to beat the odds. And he uses his story to inspire others to get started with the next level of their lives and move into a new direction and more direction. That's very impressive, Larry. You are a young man, mm -hmm. a young man, and you got a lot to share. I don't even really know where to begin. I know I'm inter interested uh, on the book uh, about the book. Yeah, uh, and I believe more than, said more than a conference. More than a conference. So I, we're going to get yeah. to that. But I want to talk about you as a as a as a, a as a boy because the topic is it takes a village, yeah. uh, a communal effort, and I'm so interested in knowing you know who your village was and how your village made a difference in where you are today. Let's begin there. Okay, so I grew up in Rome, Georgia. I grew up in East Rome, and then we transitioned to um, we transitioned to North Rome. Then we moved to the projects, uh, reservoir, uh, the jungles, the bricks, Bucktown, as they call it. And so, but in that time, I was uh, I went to church every Sunday. I, now I want you to that's, uh, that's my substratum, that's my base right there. I'm gonna I'm bring out the Noel Jones for a minute. I know Come you on. don't probably have a thesaurus with you, but you know that's my <laughs> substratum right there. I went okay. to church every Sunday, but I didn't miss a Sunday of church until I went to until I went to college. I went to uh, Alabama State University for one year. So um, after, uh, uh, but before that, I never missed a Sunday at church. But me coming up, like, uh, this is how it went. I grew up in a crazy household. I've seen my mom and my dad try to commit suicide. I've seen my mom and my dad locked up in, um, in the mental institutions. Um, I wet the bed till I was like 12 or 13 years old. And I'm going to pause right there because I'm going to let some people laugh. It's okay. I'm healed now. He's telling me, hey, man, I got to wear a raincoat to bed just to go to, because <laughs> we used to sleep in the same bed. <laughs> he said, man, I got to wear a raincoat to bed just to go to bed with Larry because he thought he could pee on me. And so my cousin, no, and they used to call me Mr. Peabody. <laughs> mm. 
My cousin used to call me Mr. Peabody, but I, I used I to hate that. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and so um so then after that, um um I I was I was always getting in trouble, always running with the wrong crowd. Uh I had two felonies by the age of twelve. Um I went to um uh, when I was in fifth grade, I started selling uh, marijuana. And so when I was selling marijuana in the fifth grade, uh, I was selling it on and off. I sold that all the way until like the seventh or eighth grade. And so then I met this guy. I got kicked out of school in the seventh grade because I, I, I brought a weapon to school. And, um, and I had to go to alternative school. End up failing alternative school. I, I mean, yeah, end up failing seventh grade. and had to repeat that grade. And so after that, um, um, that's when I switched over in like seventh or eighth grade and started selling crack, cocaine. And so we were selling that, running with the wrong crowd and everything. And, um, and then I had people that was around me, uh, but one of the things I had was I had a gift, okay? I had a gift to play the drums, okay? And so even though I was doing all this stuff, I was going to church every Saying I was playing drums, and so I think that one thing right there is the thing that that was the that was the bait. It was the hook that was able to pull me out of where I was at. Because I always I was younger than me. I always hung around older people, people that had more wisdom than I did, and I would always hang around them. And so what happened was I was playing drums, and I figured I was okay for you know how I was and where I was at and everything like that. But then like in the ninth grade, what happened was. Um, my cousin had asked me, he said, hey, man, because I was playing for, in the eighth, in the seventh or eighth grade, I was playing for the Color Connection at Rome High School. It was like this choir or whatever. They had a step team and stuff like that right there. So I would play drums for them. And so uh, when I was in ninth grade, my cousin Corey, he was like, hey, man, um, it's this choir that just started at uh, Floyd Junior College called All About Jesus. Uh, you want to play for them? Now, at the time, they didn't have no name. And so he okay. was like, hey, you want to play for them? And I was like, yeah, man. So it, and that was my passion right there, playing the drums. I was like, man, shoot, yeah. I get over there and play the drums, even though I was selling dope, even though I was doing all that stuff. So it was 1997, August of 1997, when he asked me to play drums for them. So I started playing drums for them. And after I started playing drums for them, um, I was hanging around older people, people that was in college and stuff, people that had a different mindset than the, than the one I had. Okay. And, um, and my cousin asked me to play drums, so I'm sitting there playing drums. And September, I mean, November of 1997 was my last time selling crack, cocaine. <laughs> February of 1998 was my last time smoking weed, and I got saved March 28, 1998. And so, oh, and so the only time, so since that point right there, I went, I, I went, I went, I got, I got, um, I got them felonies for stealing, shoplifting and stuff. So, and um. Eluding the police, so <laughs> running from the police. So, um, so after that, uh, while I was playing for them, like stuff started changing in my life, and so um, you know I stopped hanging around the wrong people I was hanging around and stuff like that. And it was this one gentleman that I always that I just automatically gravitated to that I've never met before. His name was Eric Mosley, and he was like a big brother to me. And so I started hanging around him, and he would come pick me up for choir presents and stuff, man. And the crazy thing is, see, we was so in love with Jesus, so in love with the Word. And he had this, uh, he had this blue Corsica, and man, he would come pick me up in that Corsica with like people that was preaching and had it turned all the way up loud coming down the street. I was so embarrassed about that, like, man, 
why are you playing this coming down reservoir? Like, and then the word, the, the Bible said that everybody knows that's Larry Ride right there. You know? <laughs> and so, um, it was him. It was his father. It was, it was, um, it was the people that I was around that wanted to be better. It was, it was Mr. Mosley. It was Miss Mosley. It was Beth Mosley. It was Jory Mosley. It was Media Mosley. It was, um, it was, uh, my family, my friends. Uh, some of the people that I was around, they made you get better. You see what I'm saying? Mm. They, 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 if, if I tell people like this right here, like my father, I seen him every day, um, but it ain't like he was there. You see what I'm okay. saying? Okay. Because he was addicted to crack. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so he wasn't there every day. So uh, Eric Mosley stepped up and kind of like became my father. You see what I'm saying? And kind of, uh, you know, switch things around for me and him and him and Madia Mosley and it was them, it was their family, it was it was the connection we made with other people um that I was around at the time. Those were the people right there that helped make and mold me because before then I was being made and molded by movies. You see what I'm saying? Because when I was in the, when I was younger, as you would read in my book, when I was younger, I wanted to be a drug lord. When I was like in the first first grade. You know what I'm saying? Because my dad, he used to work for this wealthy guy. And, man, uh, sometimes uh, with, I'd be at the house. If I was in first grade. I'd be looking outside, and my dad be putting up in this Jaguar and all these expensive cars and stuff. And, man, we're living in a house. Uh, we're living in a duplex, a one-bedroom duplex that's probably the size, that's smaller than the size of this guy that he works for, smaller than his half, half court of his basketball court. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wow. And so we living in something that small and, you know, it, it was just crazy the way, the way we grew up, but it was a, I had a collective group of people that was around me that helped me, that pushed me. And if it wasn't for those collective groups of people, and it was different people in different parts of my life too. You know what I'm saying? Cause at one time I had one individual and then another time somebody else would come along and then it was somebody else that would come along. And so, and I always hated, like, people used to always try to be my mentor. I hated that. Yeah. So yeah. I, this, one dude, yeah. this one dude, he tried to be my mentor when I was, like, in elementary school. He took me to go eat one time at McDonald's, and, uh, and I wanted a Big Mac. And he was like, man, you going to be able to eat all that? Man, yeah, I'm going to be able to eat all that. Man, I'm hungry. <laughs> he, took, he took me one time to McDonald's to go get something to eat, and we talked about, like, so, stuff that was so surface. It was crazy. And then he never, he never came back, you know? And then I guess it was somebody like Eric Mosley that knew how to handle me, you know what I'm saying? Because everybody else that would talk to me, they didn't know, they didn't know how to reach me. You know what I'm right. saying? That's it. They didn't, That's it. And, and, and they didn't know how to reach me because they didn't never talk to me. There you, go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They didn't never question me because people always say, if you had something to change right now, if you had to change somebody right now, or if you, if you would go back and talk to yourself, what would you ask yourself or what would you tell yourself? I said, first of all, I just listened to you because why would I tell you, hey, look, uh, man, I think you need to really go be an electrician uh, and I'm trying to push you to go be an electrician. Like, don't push me to go be an electrician. I hate lightning, and I done got shocked before. I don't want to be no electrician. <laughs> and so and how would they know me. that? How yeah, would they know they that listen. if they hadn't heard your story? Exactly. You see what I'm saying? And so it's kind of like going fishing, 
And here's a marketing tip right here that you, that, that you can, it's like going fishing. Like, you're not going to go fishing for a shark with a worm on, on, a, on a little bitty bass hook. You see what I'm saying? Uh -huh. You got to uh -huh. put the right bait on the right hook to be able to attract the right fish that you're trying to catch. Oh, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church tonight. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> now, I can appreciate your village. We can just thank God that he sent the right people at the right time. Of course, there yeah. were other people that tried. They just couldn't reach you. But yeah. of course, uh, now, let's, let's transition to what was it like in school? Were you a college student when you met the Mosley family? You didn't mention no, that you were, right? No, I, w I went to college, but I met the Mosley family when I was in the ninth grade. Yeah, I was okay. in the ninth grade so when, that I, was when that, I met them. Oh, it wasn't college; it was uh, high school. Yeah, it was. It, it was yeah, high school in the ninth grade. Yep. Okay, and of course, uh, they were with you throughout high school and um, uh, college. And college, yeah. I, I went. To, I, I I went. I did three years in college, and um, and uh, after that, I was finished. So uh, were there other people like teachers or professors or anyone else that you know influenced you in any way or recognized your potential or spoken to your yeah. life that 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 you were gonna you were gonna accomplish your dreams? Um, not really accomplish my dream, but I did have one this one guy named Franco Perkins. Uh, he used to always, uh, me and him like I started ninth grade and he started and he was the coach. He had just started at Rome High School, uh, my ninth grade year. And so he would always be like, come on, Larry, I know you can do better than that. You know, and always push me to do stuff. You know what I'm saying? And always, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think he's seen something in me um, that he would always push me and be like, come on, Larry, you got to do better than that. Even though he would come pick me up on the van to go to football practice uh, and stuff like that. And I'd be doing some old crazy stuff. He'd be like, man, you got you to gotta do better than that, Larry. And so it was him. And um, I seen, uh, it wasn't too many other teachers that really just stuck out to me, that sticks out to me now, that really, that really, like, uh, said, hey, man, you can go do this, and you can go do that. I did have one experience, and this is crazy right here, because this right here just changed. It changed, like, I was telling somebody this story, like, three years ago, uh, one of my good friends, Philip Edge, and I told him, I said, man, I, I remember when I was in high school, when I was in 12th grade, and I was trying to get out of Rome. I was trying to get out of the projects, and I was trying to do better for myself. And I thought I, I wanted to go to college. That was my ultimate goal in life. I was like, man, I got to go to college, man. And I was, and you know how you take the SAT? I know I didn't do good on the SAT the first time. I took it again. I did okay on it. You see what I'm saying? And so I, I, went, to, uh, I went to school. And uh, when I went to school, you know how to, you, the counselor, they'll call you up there and tell you what all you could be. So I'm mm -hmm. walking to the counselor's office. They don't call my name. I'm walking to the counselor's office, and I hear my heart go, boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom. It's like it's going in slow motion, boom, boom. So I get up there, and the counselor ain't ready for me yet. And so it's like five minutes. So uh, she was like, okay, we'll be out here in five minutes. I said, okay. So I'm sitting up there in the counselor's office, and I'm thinking like, man, she about to tell me I could be a doctor or a lawyer or something. But I get up there, and I sit down, and she's like, okay, we got the, we got the SAT scores, and uh, I'll go ahead and start off with what you could do. She said, based on these right here, you can just, you can go to a, a community college, and when you go to a community college for like two years, then you can transfer to like a university if your grades are high enough. And I was like, uh, okay. And so after that, she said, but uh, right now, you could be like a dishwasher, you could be a bus driver, 
You could be, <laughs> you could be a cashier, and after that, right there, it was like my soul was leaving my body. I was like, what? Oh, like, wait a minute. My, mom, my, my mama, my mama works at Checkers. She been working at Checkers, and she worked at Bojangles, and she ain't been able to take care of me and my brother. And so I know I'm not trying to do that. You know what I'm saying? I know I ain't trying to drive a bus because I know my friend's going to be cracking on me. I ain't nothing wrong with driving a bus. But I said, man, if I drive a bus, everybody's going to be talking about me, talking about, man, all the potential Larry guy, he's over there driving a bus. And I'm sitting there, and I ain't hear nothing else. I went home, and when I went home, I'm sitting on the bus. Now, I'm usually on the bus acting a plum fool. Like, <laughs> I'm on now. I'm the loudest one on there. The bus driver always got to sit me in the front of the thing. I'm sitting in the, on the bus just looking out the window, just like people wow. saying, Larry, what's wrong you. with you today? Yeah, it got me, yeah. man. It hit me like Mike yeah. Tyson hit somebody with a one-two punch. And I got yeah. home and I had told my, uh, I had told uh, uh, my leaders at the time, which was uh, Media Mosley and Eric Mosley. And that, and Media, she was like super hard on me. You know what I'm saying? Like she didn't, she didn't, it don't matter if you say, yeah, man, my mama just died. What does the word say about that? Like, what? Like, wait a minute. So I, so I told her, I said, hey, look, man. I said, man, they just told me um, I, can, I can be a bus driver. I can be a dishwasher. And I said, man, she was like, Larry, you, mm. you're a man of God. You're a man of favor. She was like, yeah, said. Yeah. And I was like, it don't seem like I'm no man of favor. Like, what are you talking about? She was like, I got to hear you say it. I said, okay, I'm a man of favor, man. She was like, look, you got to say it like you believe it. So uh -huh. it, I'm not going to say that it turned around that day, but it took a few days for that stuff to turn around in my mind yeah. for me to yeah. think about that. Yeah. And so when it, when it turned around in my mind, guess what? I had got a, I had got a uh, acceptance letter like a few weeks later that said I had been accepted to Alabama State University. Man, I looked, at that, I looked in that mailbox, and when I looked in that mailbox, I ran all the way to my mama's job and gave her that letter. I said, man, I finally got accepted in college. I ain't had no money. I ain't know what to do. I ain't know how to even apply for money to go to school. <laughs> but I was like, man, I'm out of here. Got down to Alabama okay. State. And it was next to the projects. I'm like, man. Yeah, because on TV, I'm thinking like, yeah, man, I'm about to go to Harvard, man. Yeah, I'm about to go. I'm about to be. This is going to be something totally different. I get down there to orientation. And somebody got shot the night before. I'm like, God oh, almighty. <laughs> yeah, man, it was crazy. So, yeah. Well, as a man thinking. Yeah, as a man thinking, so is he. So, is. you know, your, your thoughts can change the direction of your life. And so let me end this story right here by saying this. So, I, I, um, so about three years ago, I had purchased my first truck. And uh, I'm right now, and I'm in Laredo, Texas. And um, while I'm in Laredo, Texas, this thought comes to me like, boom. And I'm like, and, and, and I just hear my spirit saying, like, okay, Larry, you know what that counselor told you when you was a, when you was a senior in high school? And I'm like, yeah. Uh -huh. She was uh -huh. like, you were going to be a dishwasher. She was like, you, were gonna, you could be a bus driver. She was like, well, you hadn't been a, you had, you have been a dishwasher because you don't own your, re your own restaurant. You don't own, you don't have your own concession stand, and guess what? You don't own your own transportation company. So she was right in a sense, you know, because <laughs> I because I went from just not being a dishwasher, but to owning a place where you can wash the dishes at, owning a restaurant, yeah. and 
and owning owning a transportation company, you know. And so it's uh to go from where she put me at till where I am right now, it's like totally totally different, you know what I'm saying? In which I have progressed and changed from from that uh, where I was three years ago to where I'm like doing consulting and stuff now. But if I wouldn't have had, I always tell people this, if I wouldn't have had a mentor, which Eric Mosley, hands down, mm-hmm. number one mm-hmm. mentor in the world, you know, he may not be famous. He may, everybody may not know him. He may not be E.T. the hip hop preacher. He may not, he, he, may, he may not be Gary V. And he may not be T.D. Jakes. But number one mentor in the world for me was Eric Mo- Mosley. Because he was there for me. He showed me love. He didn't have a million dollars in the bank. He couldn't do everything for me. One tool I think he gave me was, and I think this is his main thing, like, hey, if I can get you to the point to where you can hear the Lord for yourself, hey, hey, my job is done. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Because if you can hear God for yourself, he can lead you. You can, right. you can have wisdom. You can listen to wisdom. You can listen right. to uh, what he needs to say because he's the one who can who can who who's gonna be able to lead you anyway? You know what I'm saying? Mm. So being able to have him, and I had other people in my life that were mentors too. You know, people that I could talk to, and people that that would be there for me. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah. So that's value in the community. That's value in the community. Uh, that's value in the village, right? You know, uh, uh, it makes a difference. Am I right about it? It does. It it, it makes a difference. A whole difference. A huge difference. Yes. Yep. Okay, well, now we're going to uh, move on uh, so we can keep our minutes uh, together because it's a lot I just want you to touch on. You know, it, it's, so, it's just so good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know, okay. I, I, know I can talk, talk forever. So. But listen, you yeah. did good, though. You broke it down so that we can now launch into your yeah. successes, okay? Because it's important for people to understand yeah, yeah. how important the village is. And, when, and And a lot of people will say, that the village tried, it is they made important. the choices, and then when they made the choices, they had to come back and pick up on what the village had stated, and then guess what? Rewards come when you pay attention to good people in your life. So now, mm-hmm. let's talk about let's talk about family. You are a husband and a father, is that yes, right? Yes, I am. <laughs> I met your beautiful wife, and um, I think I've met one of the children. Uh-huh. Now, Tell tell me how does the children look at daddy like the hero? Yeah, uh, you know they look at me like I'm a cornball, you know, because it's always jokes and stuff like that. Uh, but they look I at me as a, they, <laughs> they look at me as a leader also, you right. know, and uh, and a lecturer. So yes, I do have uh, I do have a wife and I have two kids and I always like to pour into them. They know me as the lecturer. They know me as the funny guy. They know me as the person that's always going to try to uh, uh, make them laugh and stuff like that. But I always try to make, make sure that I'm giving them information that will keep them from going down the same path that I went down. That was going to be my next question. I'm so grateful that you brought that up. What would you tell your children? What is it that you would, you, you would share with your children? Are there boys and girls or boys? And it's girls? a boy and a girl, yeah. yeah. So my okay. son, he's 13. My daughter, she's 11. Okay. So I always, I always tell them like, man, uh, you got you got plenty of opportunities and you got plenty of potential, but just because you got potential and you got opportunities, don't mean that you get to take the easy way out. You still got mm. to put hard work in there. You yeah. see what I'm saying? And so what I try to do is I try to give. And see, we're we're in the midst of something right now where I'm trying to give them 
I'm trying to give them everything I can give them, everything that I didn't have, like financial advice or entrepreneurial advice, uh, a relationship with God. You know, both of my kids are saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, all right, man. <laughs> so, all right. As, and so both of my kids, they, you know, they know how to hear God for themselves. Um, and also, I try, if, I also try to give them the wisdom part of it because, hey, look, you can, you, can, you can have God and you can have the Holy Ghost and you can have everything, but if you don't, if you don't use that what you have, it, it's not going to magically happen. And I always tell people like this right here, God didn't, you know, I, I, I done had the restaurant business, I, but God never came down one time and put ribs on the grill for me and cooked them. He gave me the ability to do that. And so uh, a lot of times we, we're not, we're, we don't have any balance with what we're doing. And I'm so glad now that we have balance. And even though, even sometimes when I can't do something, my brother, he can step up and say something to him in a different way. Or I got, uh, I got, I got friends that can step up and say something to, to the kids in a different way to make them understand. But, um, and they may seem like, man, dad is hard on us, but I always try to let them know, hey, look, even though it may seem like I'm hard on you, guess what? You are a blessing. Okay, we have touched on a relationship with God. We've talked, touched on entrepreneurship. Uh, we've also touched on, you know, uh, the importance of, I guess, you know, being that, that influence where your children are concerned. With yeah. your business, you traveling. You are a traveling consultant. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, um, how how is it that you're able to um, uh, be that influence in your children's lives? Seeing that you travel, are you home uh, uh, daily or weekly? How did, how does that work? How is it you and your wife is able to partner as parents? You know, uh, and making sure that the children are getting balanced time with with both of you. Okay, and, first and, under, of all, and under your influence. Yes, yes. So first of all, we thank God for technology like uh, FaceTime and, you know, Duo, because uh, I'm not able to be home every day. Sometimes I may be home every week. Sometimes it may be every other week. And I may be home for a few days here and there. And so uh, or I may pass through the house. I may be home for a night or something like that. So, you know, with our parenting style, we have to make sure that we're on one accord all the time. You know, okay. uh, <clears throat> we got to make sure we don't want to court all the time. I also got to make sure that I'm talking to my kids every day because I don't want it to be where I'm going out here and I'm saving the whole world and my kids go to hell, you know what I'm saying? And they end up disowning God or whatever. I know people say you can't control what your kids do, but at the same time, you know, you can control what, what, what's being what's coming into their spirit and stuff like That's that right. at, at a time like this right here. And so my, right. so uh, I try to, we try to, um, we try to uh, stay on, stay on the phone with them and, you know, talk to them and, you know, let them talk. You know, it's not yes. always about, Hey, Hey, look, man, you, you right. gotta do this. You right. gotta do this better, man. Right. Like, yeah, my son is like, he's like a scientific guy. And so he'll be like, Hey dad, have you ever thought about the analytical, analytical structure of a zebra? And I'm thinking like, dude, no, like, <laughs> all right. I never thought about that. <laughs> Did you know that the human right. head weighs more than this? Like, no. Like, we never thought about that. But see, and see, the thing is, he's so far. My kids are so far from the mind state that I had uh, when I was coming up. Because when I was their age, I was trying to find me a girlfriend. I was trying to find me somebody to get laid up with at the mm -hmm. age of 13. I was trying mm -hmm. to find me some money. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so my, mm -hmm. we, we, we were running around breaking in people's houses and selling dope and mm -hmm. stealing cars and stuff. So, mm -hmm. you know, 
Uh, he's they, they totally different from where I am, and I'm so glad I get to listen to them and not only listen to them, but so, uh, give them advice that will be able to help them in the future because my kids are leaders, and I have to treat them as such, and they, they know that they need to be treated as such um, since they are leaders. I can tell already the influence of your village, the impact that it had on you being a father. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because, see, you're not talking about anything that your children are emulating based off of what you was raised under through your parents. Mm -hmm. It's based off of this new thing that you came to be aware of by being mentored by such people. So I just, you know, I thank God yeah. for that uh, for you. So let's go ahead and talk about um, your book. I okay. want to talk about your book, and I want to talk about you being a consultant. As a consultant, are you a consultant uh, outside of finances? Is it just for business? Yeah, it's just uh, like for uh, entrepreneurs. I like I I, I do um uh, truck trucking consulting, and so like on Instagram you can find me at the trucking consultant. That's okay. my name, T H E okay. trucking consultant. So uh, I do a lot of uh, uh consulting when it comes to people that want to be owner operators and teaching people how to uh, uh make more money as an owner operator, as a trucker, you mm -hmm. know, and also do a lot of marketing consultations too, uh helping people with social media and like during this time right here it's been a lot of consulting going on to where, you know, you got the churches and stuff and you got the ministries and you got people like that right there that switched over and they just started doing um they just started doing marketing and stuff like that, and they just started getting online and doing social media, mm. and people need to know how to set themselves up. So I can teach you how to do that on a shoestring budget, and and like a lot of people, I said, man, I ain't got no, we ain't got nobody in the church to know how to do it. It's somebody in the church to know how to do it. You know, the uh, uh, I like the thing, the field of dreams, because uh -huh. you know, if you build it, they will come. You know, if right. you put the platform out there and introduce it to people, people will show up. And so, yeah, I do a lot of uh, marketing consulting, and I also do a lot of uh, trucking consulting, too. What inspired that? What inspired that? Well, I didn't have anybody. I was looking around when I was trying to do something. Um, when I was trying to get my own truck and just trying to figure out what I needed to do, I never had anybody to call and say, hey, look, man, and what kind of truck should I get? Or what, kind, or what company should I go to? Or, you know, or... Uh, or how should I budget my money? Or how should I do this right here? So I never had anybody do that. So uh, somebody had called me one day and um, said, hey, look, man, can you teach me how to do this? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll teach you how to do it. And so I told him everything that I did. And so then after that, I had one, I had one guy that showed me um, I had a company in your, if you put our company in your YouTube videos, which you can find me on YouTube at L Boogie, but they said, if you, if you could put our uh, content in there, and people started, people started getting referred by you to the company, we'll give you a check. And so I was like, say a word. <laughs> and so I tried it out, and I seen a check show up in the mail uh, for $200. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm going to do this again. So I started doing it some more. So then I started doing some consulting. And so my consultant started going. And so I used to be on the phone. One time I was on the phone for like 8,000 minutes in one month. You know, it was crazy just on the phone, talking to people, teaching people how to become an owner operator, pe teaching people how to do, do different things. So then after that, I just switched it up and people kept telling me, man, you need to charge for this information. And so I, and, or just charge for your time anyway. So I just, I w went up and I started charging like $150 for 30 minutes. And so, and people was paying it. So I was like, well, hey, it's, it's good. And so the way the marketing came about was I was doing, I've been doing marketing since I was, before I even saved, but didn't know I was doing it. Right. Um, because, uh, 
Because I used to always be like, man, like it should be more people at church than what we got at church right now. Like, I hate seeing the same people at church. It should be more people at church. Why do we have empty pews in here and all these people need Jesus? And so I would invite people to come to church and stuff like that and try to get uh, different ways to invite people to come to church and stuff like that. And I would just think off the cuff or whatever. And that, that thinking off the cuff like that, it, uh, it drew people to come to church and stuff like that and so forth, so so to the point to where I, when I was in college, I had a Bible study that started off with two people. That's when I was at Jacksonville State. Started off with my roommate. And then, um, and then from me and my roommate, we had like, it started growing every, every week. And you can see this in the book right here. And we grew to like having 70 something people on a Tuesday night on a college campus. You see what I'm saying? And at that time, I'm looking at myself, like I don't consider myself now to be the greatest speaker, but I wasn't singing a song or nothing. I was just sitting over there, just had a Bible and said, okay, y'all, we're going to come from Job today or we're coming from Matthew today. And I would sit there and I would teach for an hour. And then after that, people get saved and healed and stuff. And so it was crazy. So, um, evangelism. Yeah, yeah. And so I just started teaching people how to do that. And um, teaching people. And then, like, all the, all the marketing that I know, I could never take count credit for it because everything that I know, everything I know about SEO and all this stuff like that, I got it. God gave it to me in a dream. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so all the, all the marketing and different things like that, that I know, like all the marketing principles and stuff, like God gave mm-hmm. it to me. And I use, right. I use scriptures. Um, like you can come out with a platform tomorrow, a platform just like Facebook. And I can teach you principles from the Bible. That's going to be able to stand the test of time. It don't matter if you was on uh, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, YouTube, Google Plus, um, MySpace, or whatever. I can teach you. I can teach you. It's it's principles from the Bible that will that will teach you um, how to grow how to grow a following or how to how to market your business in the correct way. And which I'm working on a book right now, and y'all should be on the lookout for it um, called uh, Fishers of Men. That's gonna be it's a secret. great book. Yeah, it's it's secrets that it's 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 secrets that come from the number one best selling book in the Bible. And plus yeah. it comes from um it, it it teaches you how Jesus and the twelve first network marketers got together and with the gospel and just then they threw do it out it. the water. Yeah, then, then they, they do, do it. it. Hey, glory. So you listen at you. You know what? This here is <laughs> I think it's a bestseller because people are looking for true principles. They're looking for principles that outlast all this other yaddy 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 that's going on. You know, yeah, so yeah. I wish you the best. I wish you the best on that. I know that it's going to happen for you. Let's talk yeah. about that book. I want to finish out our um, time talking about the book. What inspired okay. you to write this book? A conqueror, more than a conqueror. Okay, so I'm going to tell you what inspired me to write this book. So I got educators all around me. I, my friends are educators. I got some people that are assistant principals. My wife was a para-pro at the time. Now she's a, uh, she's a uh, uh, what do you call it? It's a domestic engineer. So, so I'm tell she, her that you couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah, she's a domestic engineer. I try to <laughs> remember the technical term, you know. So she's a, she's a housewife. Why? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so yeah, more than a conqueror. Um, I had went to school one time and I was doing some mentoring, and 
it was crazy because I had these students that would just always make, make excuses and say, man, these teachers don't like me, man. They, I know what racism looked like. I know what being a fool looked like, too. You're being a fool. They're not being racist because they ain't got to work here. They can work, they can work five minutes down the road at another school. And so they would make so many excuses for why they couldn't be successful, why they couldn't pass classes and stuff like that. And so one day I was in Mo Montgomery, Alabama, and I had just dropped, a, uh, dropped somebody off, dropped off a load or whatever. And so when I dropped off this load, I was sitting there just talking to myself. And I'm sitting there like, you know, you, you're making up all these excuses. Like I can remember a time in my life when this, that, this, this, this had happened, and I still conquered it, and I still overcame it. And guess what? I don't been there, been there, and so I wrote this book to people who who had uh, issues at school, who had issues at home. I wrote this book to people who wanted to be, who who was who was wanting to be entrepreneurs and step out and do something different. I wrote this book to people who had addictions, like I had a porn addiction, and so and, um, and so I I had a lust addiction. I, I I wrote this book to people like that so that they could get free, and um. So that, they, so that they wouldn't be making excuses for why they're still in the muck and the mire, why they're still in, in, um, in the shape that they're in. Because I was in, I, was, I was in the shape I was in for a long time because I was ashamed of what I had been through. Oh, it, it is quiet in here. I wish I had somebody to help me. But I'm here. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was ashamed of what I've been through. I mean, who wants to tell somebody that, man, yeah, I'm dealing with... I'm dealing with uh, pornography right now, and I'm dealing with these sexual sin issues. Who wants to tell somebody that? You know what I'm saying? When did like, that start, I, though? It when, started when what I was. What is the root? It, what it is started the root? When, okay, it started when I was in um, when I was in um, uh, Head Start. Uh, a lot of people don't know what that head, what Head Start is. It's, it's pre-K basically. So I was in pre pre-K, and I um I used to come home to the I used to come home. I used to have a babysitter. And this babysitter, um, like, would they had, they had somebody there, and that they would they would touch on me and molest me and stuff like that. And, 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 and believe it or not, I liked it, but it was wrong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, mm -hmm. uh, it it was a girl, and you know, and and you know, I ain't gonna say her name or nothing like that, or a lady or whatever. I ain't gonna say her name, but uh, but yeah, it started then, and from that, it's like it opened up. It opened up like my eyes to something, and I and I was chasing after something. It's like somebody who's trying to chase after a high and never get fixed. You know what I'm saying? And never get that fixed. So I was always yeah. chasing after that. And buddy, yeah. when you you think you ain't gonna go to certain lengths and do certain things, but your sin that sin will take you yeah. further than you want to go and keep you longer yeah. than you want to stay. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. What and if you don't, if you don't have a village around you, like we're talking about now, if you don't have a village around you who you can really trust, man, you you will stay locked up. You'll stay in prison. You'll stay in chains, and you'll stay unproductive, and you won't be able to help nobody else out. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Well, I know that you're free because for you to be able to confess it and for you to be able to talk about it, it's freedom in that. You have to reveal it yeah. to be healed. So you have to expose that thing. You know what I'm yeah. saying to the light. So now, at what point did you feel so condemned with this? You know what I'm saying? Because I'm yeah. sure you battled with it when you when you uh, when you got saved. You know, we're yeah. only human. You know, yeah. and that's like something that you possibly didn't want to share because it's like, man, I'm saved. Well, I'm still dealing with this. 
But addictions yeah. are just what they are. They are addictions, and you got to be delivered. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So yep. it's like just because you get saved don't mean you're delivered from that thing. I tell people you can be saved and not delivered. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... so, so um, what was your breaking point, you know? Your whole... What was your whole line of, of deliverance? Help somebody. Okay, yeah, so... Um, so, yeah, I got saved when I was 16. And that was like March 28, 1998, okay? So it wasn't until 2011 that I got free from pornography. Uh, and now uh, it was times during that that I had went back and I had failed again and, you know, did other stuff again. But, you know, and I was, and I was married at the time, you know what I'm saying? And so... It's like, man, like, how can I still be going through this and I'm saved and I'm married? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, you, I can't talk about nobody else with their addiction. They may be a, a, a struggling with crack or they may be struggling mm -hmm. with, you know, anxiety or whatever it may be yeah. they're struggling with. I can't talk about nobody else and look down on them because I got something that's, right. that's like, uh, uh, it's a, a private, I, I feel like a public success, but a private nightmare. You know what I'm saying? And so right. that's what it felt like all the time um, until right. I got to the point to where I said, I was on the phone with somebody actually, and I was on the phone with this, this guy, this guy friend that I got, and we was talking on the phone. And while we was talking on the phone, I started sharing some stuff with him. And he had just went to work that night. And so, and, and he, was at, he was at a job to where he was able to, you know, be on the phone or whatever. So I was talking to him and um, man, I talked to him from like 10 o'clock that night till eight o'clock or nine o'clock that next morning, the whole time. Mm -hmm. And then that next night, we stayed on the phone the whole time. And I'm sitting over here talking to him, just telling him all the stuff that I had hidden and all the stuff that I haven't shared with, with people because you don't know, like people can be saved, but they can, they can not have a, they can not have tact with, with words or tact with, holding conversations because just because I'm saved don't mean I want everybody to know uh, like I, like right now I got tacked I'm not about to go out here and share uh, uh, the people that I used to mess with and stuff like that yeah you remember such right, and such, such, right, such, such, such you right, know and, right. some, and some people don't have no tact like that that's why it's a lot of people that's scared to even come out because they can't trust nobody because they think they because somebody else done talk to them and said well you know I got to tell such and such about this so they can pray about it you ain't got to say <laughs> who it they, was yeah, they, they uh, and so are ashamed of what they they've been through, and they they keep it like that because they don't have no trusted person that they can go to and feel like they can reveal stuff to. And so I started becoming that trusted person, and I started I and when I started becoming that trusted person, I had other people that was around me that I could talk to and say, Hey, look, man, I'm dealing with this right now. You better hey, you better, you have to pray for me, or let me just talk to you for a minute. After I don't talk to them, guess what? I feel 100% better. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I feel like I feel like um, the sin and the shame is not holding me and have me in handcuffs or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And so now I'm able to help somebody else. Now I found out that when if I'm helping somebody else, I stay free from the thing because the thing that you talk against is the thing that you can't have. Okay? That there's like people that talk against uh, money and stuff. They everybody think we should be poor. Okay, if you think we should be poor. Um, Guess what? Those are the people who who poor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you think you should be poor, you talk always talk about money. Those are the people right there that's poor. You know what I'm saying? And so if you talk about sin, 
guess what? Those are a lot of the people that's usually uh, not. Now you still have, you know, here and there, the people that slipping and tipping and dipping and stuff like that. But you know, the thing, the thing, if you talk about it, you can stay free from it. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I usually help. I help a lot of people. And I, the day that I told my testimony, and I had got up in church one day, and I had said, I said, look, man, I've been dealing with this right here ever since I was before, like four or five years old. I've been dealing with this right here, you know. And now I'm like, uh, it was 2011 when I did that. It seemed like all of a sudden, magically. People started calling me, wanting to know and be free from porn, from masturbation, from fornication, from adultery. And I'm like, how did you know? You know, I just felt led to call you. And so it was, it was men and women. It was pastors. It was bishops. It was people that, people that you wouldn't think that was dealing with certain stuff. I was like, how did, like, what in the world? You exposed and so, it. You exposed yeah, and so, it. Yeah. And so after that, um, I, um, it was one girl that I had talked to, and then I said, you know, I'm not even going to talk to her. I'm going to refer her to somebody. You know what I'm saying? And so I started mm-hmm. referring all the women to some, somebody, because I don't need you telling me, hey, man, I got a problem with this right here. I may have a bad moment sometimes. <laughs> like, right. oh, well, I know she like this, so, you know. Right. I <laughs> you know? And so I started referring all the women to somebody else. But all the men, I, you know, I talked to them, tell them, hey, look, this is what you need to do to get out. And it's a simple plan on how to get out. You just got you just got to be accountable. That's the 14-letter curse word that Christians don't like. <laughs> Accountability. Accountability. Yeah. yeah. It's, that's a curse you're, word. You're right, right about there, it. You, you're right about it. They feel like they're being it. guarded and, you know, watched. And I'm grown. You know, I don't need nobody yeah. to, you know, but see, that, that, that type of anxiety and that type of uh, uh, pushback is a sign that you still in a place where you need help. Let me love on you and help you. You might yeah. not like the way I'm doing it, but, you know, I'm trying to help you. I see you need my help, you know. Yeah. That's really the truth of the matter. Conversation, conversation, Larry, is so very important. And trust is important. I believe that there are a number of people that are just sitting on the edge, you know, and they need, need mm-hmm. a Larry. They need a Larry Catherine. They need someone that they yeah. can trust and they can talk to that won't judge them, that won't, make, that won't condemn yeah. them. Because we ain't got a hell or heaven to put nobody in. No, and I no. think it's important that we be mindful that uh, God, you know, he went to the cross for all of us. Yeah. Not a few of us, but all of us. And we yep. need to stop condemning people. We need to stop acting like we're okay because we're, we're not. It just take, a, it take one thing. It takes yep. something. And then yep. we, we fall again. Because yep. he said to die daily, repent. <laughs> yeah. Repent often. You know what I'm yep. saying? It's like, this, it's work. It's yep. work staying saved. Yeah. And you know what? If he said you need to die daily, if, pa- if Paul said, hey, look, man, I die daily. If, he, if Paul said he died daily, why is he dying daily? Because something is rising back up in him. I, I can't get no help right now. It you got so some help. Got, stay, stay out of there, Larry. Stay out, there, <laughs> stay out of there, Catherine. Stay out of there, Catherine. They ain't ready for you. Uh, Catherine, get it, back up out of there. <laughs> so if he Tell died, the truth, Catherine. <laughs> If he died daily, that means something was rising daily. You see what I'm saying? It's so less no joke. It it ain't because one of the things that you can do, uh, like, like uh, when I used to deal with the stuff I was dealing with, like after you get after you get a release, guess what? Flesh stop talking. You see what I'm saying? And it's quiet now. It ain't screaming at you no more like it was. We were. now guess what you're left with? You're left with your thoughts, and you're like, 
Oh man, why why did I do that? Why did I do that? Until you get that itch again. Until you get the itch again. You know, in some of the most powerful times that I the, the clearest times I'd have never heard God was after some type of sinful act, after the flesh had been satisfied. Because guess who's there? It's just me and God. <laughs> because the flesh ain't screaming no more for a moment. You know what I'm saying? And so, it, but we don't have to get to the point to where we have to satisfy the flesh to put to hear God. We need to mm -hmm. hear God first. We need to go mm -hmm. ahead and kill the flesh. And once mm -hmm. we kill the flesh, oh, watch out, Larry! Don't go in there. Don't go in there, Larry, because it's gonna get it's it's quiet in here. It's quiet in here right now. So we need to get to the place where we're always killing the flesh daily, and that means we need to stay out of situations that uh, that is gonna cause our flesh to rise. And I talk, talk about in the book, it. I talk in the, I talk in the book uh, about you know you need to know your triggers, you know. That's it right that, there. It's something that, that makes you. Yeah, yeah. Because cause what may be a trigger for somebody else may not be a trigger for somebody else. You right, know what I'm right, 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 and right, right. So you you may make me mad and that make me want to go be with a woman or something. You see what I'm saying? Right, right, right. And, and somewhere down the line, uh, your flesh has equated anger to flesh or, or something. You know what I'm saying? And so you got to find out what you need to do to avoid those situations or not even put yourself in a situation like that, or if you find yourself in a situation like that, guess what? You need to find somebody that you can talk to, somebody that, can, that you can talk it out with, somebody that can pray with you, you know, because, you know, every time, every day ain't going to be no bed of roses, and some days it's a fight. And one of the things I never try to do, <clears throat> um, the only fight I try to fight is the good fight of faith. It never tells me in the Bible that I need to fight, fight, uh, fight lust. It tells me to run, flee, fornication. <laughs> I can't fight with that. I don't want to stay and fight with it because if I fight with it, guess what? I'm gonna probably lose. So I, it, I need to flee fornication. I can't stay there and fight with it. So you gotta bring stuff into light. You gotta reveal so that you can heal. Oh, it is quiet in here, Larry. Hey! Stay out of here. Come back, Catherine. Come back, Catherine. <laughs> Get out of there, Catherine. They ain't ready for you. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, you know, we're going to get ready to close out. And what I want you to do at this time, All right. I want you to uh, speak to someone that's on the fence. You know, speak to someone right. that's on the fence that, that's uh, troubled. And, and they don't have a village. You yeah. know, they're speaking to themselves. They're speaking into their own lives. You know, another Larry. You know what? You can you can do this. You can do mm -hmm. this. You just need to find the right people. You know, you need to read motivational books. Now, this is what this person Larry is saying to himself. He's talking to himself. What he yeah. needs to do to come up out of this place. He also dealing with some with some weaknesses that he don't want. He just don't want it no more. But it's riding his back like a monkey. He dealing with mm -hmm. some, some 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 addictions that that's troubling. And he, he don't yeah. trust nobody to talk to them about it, you know, to help him get free. So yeah. I want you to, to talk to that Larry, talk to that person and remind them that they, they is someone that they can trust. They can go to God, remind them mm -hmm. what they can do to pay attention to, to triggers and, and be accountable to somebody, you know, be accountable to somebody, let them know yeah. that their dream can be met, can be become a reality. Okay. Talk to them, Larry. So everything that you just said, I just confirmed all of that stuff right there. One of the things that you really need to understand is that you yourself are not an island. You're not an island. You can't do this by yourself. No one 
has done anything by themselves. Tyler Perry has a mentor. Oprah has a mentor. All these people that you see, they got people that, that they look above, that they look at that's, uh, that's above them in some type of area. Like I know a billionaire right now that, that talks to this guy that makes only a few hundred thousand dollars a year because he has something that he doesn't have, even though he's a billionaire. Just because you have money or just because you may have influence and fame and stuff like that, you still may need some substance from somewhere else uh, to be able to keep you. So one of the things I want to encourage you to do is find somebody. But, for, but before you find somebody, you need to ask Jesus uh, to be your Lord and Savior and ask him to lead and guide you because that's what he would do. He will lead you. He will guide you. And you, you will look up and, you, and ask him to help you to recognize who the person is that you need to talk to because it, it, it's probably going to be somebody who gets on your ever-loving nerves. And it's probably going to be somebody who you don't too much agree with, but they're good. They're, they're, it may be somebody that's good for you. For the season, you see what I'm saying? Because some, so it, it, I know people right now that we don't get along. They, they, um, and you may say, man, it, Larry seems like he'll get along with everybody, but I don't get along with everybody, you know. And so it may be somebody that's right there that, uh, that you're right there, and you and and you may not get along with them, but they may have what you need to get you to the next level. So you need to find your, you need to find, you need to take a step back, not think that you're the only one out here on the island, and um and be willing to open up and be accountable to someone and be willing to open up and say, you know what, I want to change uh, what I'm doing. I want to not only just say it in word, but put some action into it. You see, and it's okay to have Jesus and a therapist. I don't have a therapist, but I do have people that I talk to. You see what I'm saying? And, and uh, one thing I want to also encourage you to do, I want to make sure, I want to encourage you that if you're like, on the ropes right now, trying to think, man, is this business for me? I want to I wanna jump out here. I want to start this, but I'm, I'm really scared. Guess what? Anything that you want to do, you can do it. I'm a living witness that God is no respect to a person. I'm not, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. I'm not the brightest bulb in the, in the box or whatever. But uh, I, put, I put Jesus first, and once I put Jesus first, Jesus is Jesus, he's opened up doors that no man can shut. He'll open up doors for you. Can't nobody shut. He'll close doors for you. Nobody can open again. And so they can't go back and dig up nothing that, that say, oh, yeah, remember when he did that or remember when he did that? No, I can tell you, remember what I did. And so you can do that same mm. thing, but you got to, <laughs> uh, but you can do the, you can have that same freedom. You can have the same thing, but you just got to get rid of the shame. You got to get, you got to get rid of the, the, uh, the guilt and you got to get rid of the things that's holding you back. And the only way you can get rid of that is by talking to that. You got to put Jesus in your life and let him be the Lord of your life and got to let him lead you. And so I want to encourage you today. This is your boy L Boogie with the hoodie. You know, I'm blessing the Lord, highly favored, excited about Jesus, excited about the word of God. My cup is trying to go over and I still want some more. And I want you to too. <laughs> What's your social media uh, media handles, uh, Larry? How can people reach you? What's the gram at uh, the Trucking Consultant? Also, you can reach me on YouTube at um, at L Boogie. You type in L Boogie, you see the. I got like five thousand subscribers right now, uh, but you type that in, you'll see you'll see my picture pop up there, and uh, you see some videos and stuff like that. So yeah, you can reach me on those two places right there. Well, listen, I want to thank you for um, coming and sharing your transparency with uh, Revealing Here Podcast Live. It yeah. has been enlightening. It has been so hilarious. 
I appreciate your testimony. I appreciate the fact that you're able to bring such humor to, uh, you know, where you've been and where you are. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You are a yeah. free man. You are truly a free man. You have hit it today in sharing the importance of a relationship with the Lord. You have hit it today in sharing how important it is to have a village. Yeah, yeah. Since all, all successful people have a village. Yes, they do. You just said over Tyler Perry, all of them, all of them have a village. Everybody yeah. has a village. They might not all be from the school or from the gym or for or from some uh, 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 institution, but they can be neighbors. They can be to yeah. the church. They can be, you know, um, family members. You just need some positive people in your life to remind you that who you are, because sometimes yes. you just don't know or you forgot. So I yeah, want to yeah. thank you for uh, bringing that to the forefront. Please tell the people again how they can purchase your book, um, More Than a Conqueror. So you can go to Amazon and purchase my book, More Than a Conqueror. You just type in More Than a Conqueror. You type in my name. And then after you, uh, after you purchase the book, make sure, uh, I always tell people like this, you may want to get about two or three of them. But after you read the book, if I don't give you the book, um, if I don't give you the, if I don't put, like autograph the book or whatever, um, you will know who that book needs to go to because you're going to be reading that book and be like, man, such and such need to hear this. Man, little Tony down the street need to hear this. Yeah. And Sarah, Sarah across the block, she need to read this book right here. And so that's what I tell people to do. You got to know who needs to read that book right there. So once you buy the book, give the book away so somebody else can read the book and be blessed by the book. And if you feel like getting, if you feel like getting like a hundred books or more or, or getting, getting into the, uh, or getting like a whole pile of the books, hey, Hit me up, let me know, and we can work something out. Because one of my visions is this right here, and I know we got to go. Then right after this, I'm gonna let you go. But one of my visions is this right here, and I plan on doing this sooner than later. But because I went to alternative school, when I went to alternative school, nobody came and spoke to us. Nobody came. It was crazy, man. I went when it was down there at Georgia School for the Deaf, and so nobody came and spoke to us. It was crazy in there. We got the cuss. Uh, people were smoking outside of the school and stuff like that. And so nobody came and gave us life. But one of the things I want to do, I want to go on an alternative school tour around America. I want to hit up every alternative school, give them hope, give them, give them, give them a, a chance, give them, give them a strategy. Because you can, just can't pull somebody out of something and say, hey, man, you need to quit selling dope. Well, what right, else are right. they going to do? Give them something they can do. And so I want to give people options. Yes, I want to give people options to make to make uh, the same amount of money or more money doing something else that, that where they don't have to go to prison or where they don't have to uh, um, uh, risk their life or, you know, risk their family or whatever. So, yeah, I want to I want to go on that tour. And when I go on that tour, I want to be able to give out the books to the people that I'm speaking to at the group homes, at the schools, at the alternative schools, at the youth groups, no matter where I'm going, at the YDC, the Youth Detention Center. So, yeah, I'm going to be uh, wanting uh, a lot of people to partner and get that message out So and, and teach people how to become overcomers and conquerors and how they can better themselves. Well, Larry, we have heard you today, and you have dropped some, some real nuggets. I want to thank you. Our motivation, of course, uh, for today is that you can't heal what you don't reveal. I'm mm -hmm. Coach Deb. Thank you so much for tuning in to um, Revealing Heal Facebook Live. I want you to make sure you reach out to Larry Cochran. Y'all reach out to him and support him. Make sure that you buy his book. Shout out to my 
co-host, uh, First Lady Ashley. She couldn't be with us this morning. But of course, remember to love yourself. Love everybody and be an example. Have an amazing day. Thank you, Larry.